Jeffrey Bowen. 100 hundreds. The place to get it here on his home ground at Everton. Got it! Welcome to the Covers Off podcast from Yorkshire County Cricket Club in association with AMT Auto. Find the latest deals at amtauto.co.uk and follow them on Twitter and Instagram at amtautouk. Happy New Year to everyone, um, especially to our listeners. It's been a tough year with no cricket for you, but um, good to have you back and hoping we can get some some cricket ahead in and, and to see you there as well. So, And happy New Year to Pato as well. Pato, how's things? Yeah, good mate. Happy New Year to you. It's good to be back for Series 2. Uh, not much has changed, obviously, since we last spoke. Feels like it's been groundhog day the last few weeks with this another lockdown. But uh, I think we're privileged as players to be able to go in and do a bit of training. I think if we'd have been stuck at home now, it'd be difficult to prepare for the summer. So uh, we're very fortunate, and I think come April we'll be in good shape. Definitely, you know, we're, cricket's going well. We just need uh, everything to go well, COVID terms, and hopefully we can get a full season. And like I said, just. Just previously, it'd be great to have some of our supporters back in the ground as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think it changes so quickly at the moment with the government and the rules. At one point, we thought we'd definitely have crowds in it by April, but as it's looking now, maybe further on in the summer. But look, all we can do is control our training and our preparation. And I think we're very fortunate that we can get in. I think if you look back to last summer, we had to train at home for two or three months, whereas this time we've got the facilities at Headley. So we're very lucky and uh, just keep our fingers crossed we'll be all right. Yeah, good. Right, let's uh, get today's two guests on. Uh, two of our young guns who did really well last year. So first up, we've got Matthew Fisher. He's played 15 first-class games for us now. 41 wickets and averages 30. Um, and that's come down dramatically in the last two seasons. Uh, 63 limited over wickets as well. He made his one-day debut in 2013 at the age of 15 and uh, his championship debut in 2015 at the age of 17. So welcome, Fish. Good to have you on. Thank you very much. Thank you. Good. And we've also got the man with the most perfect eyebrows I've ever seen. (laughs) Um, It's Jordan Thompson, who had a bit of a breakthrough year for his last year. Played seven first-class games now, got 20 wickets in average of 17 and 270 first-class runs in average of 33. So, great start for you, Tomo. Great to have you on. Cheers, Rich. Thanks a lot. So, lads, back in training. New year. We've um, training under COVID bubble, but um, it's good to be back in. How, how are you finding it all? Yeah, it's been good. Um, obviously, like Pato said, feel like we're very lucky to be able to train with the times at the minute. I know a lot of people that are stuck in at home working or um, homeschooling the kids. So uh, feel lucky to be able to get out of that and um, and do some training. What we all love, really. Good, Tom. I'll just um, just give us a bit of insight. I mean, some of the supporters would like to know how we're training. So we are we are in bubbles. Just give us a rundown of a of a, a day that a day in the life of Jordan Thompson in the bubble. Yeah, like you say, we we're in small bubbles, so essentially groups of four. At first, after Christmas, when we heard the rumours of lockdown, we weren't sure at all if we'd get back in again. So, like I say, we're quite lucky. But uh, groups of four, my groups, me, Pato, Dave, Lee and Dom Leach. So, um, we'll go into a gym on a on a Monday together and we'll bowl together as well. And then the batsmen who are batting three times a week are in a bit of a smaller group. So, I'll go into a group with Tom Lowe and the batting, 
fighting side of things. So it's just making sure that we, we don't cross over with, with so many lads. So in a, in a week, realistically, I only see probably five or six lads up close. So it's minimising that contact and making sure that if we were to have an outbreak, which ideally we, we won't, we don't take as many people down with us and the whole squad doesn't have to go into an isolation period. So it's going really well at the moment with everybody kind of looking after themselves and, and the squad and making sure we do the right things to, to not put uh, our teammates in danger. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's, it's very different how we're training, but what it has given us is a lot more one-to-one time with the players. I know especially the younger lads and it's Pato's been, you know, it's his, probably his 18th pre-season now, something like that. But for the younger lads to have such contact time with the coaches, we've seen some real good progress from from the younger lads and I think it's been a big bonus of this of this COVID bubble. Yeah, I, well, I think we kind of learned from... From the summer, the summer period of training we had, it was very similar. Uh, we had that five-week block le- leading to the season, a two-month season where we had the first week and first second week was one-to-ones, solely one-to-ones because of the rules. Um, and then the second, third, fourth week, we could move into groups of four, five, six and, and lead into the season. So I think from a player point of view, it was a very good way of having that small uh, a time with the coaches where you can actually have one-to-one stuff and, and learn a lot more instead of being in big groups and not have as much uh, time to learn off off the coaches so I think going into this winter it was quite a, a good thing to learn off for the four, for the five, five weeks we had learned leading into the season where we could have that one-on-one sessions as much as we can and it's, it's it's helped a lot. So Fish we're going to start with you now and we're going to go back to kind of your journey getting into Yorkshire so obviously we've been a lot younger than Rich and myself we didn't really meet you until you burst on the scene in the first team at 15 but can you just before we get to that stage tell us a little bit about your upbringing in cricket? Yeah, um, I think a lot of people know that club, my club cricket um, uh, is very uh, dear to my heart and uh, both my brothers play at a local cricket club called Sherryfoot and Bridge and um, started down there when, when they started as juniors. Progressed through the age groups there and did quite well. I've always said that I feel like coming through quite young has been because of my two older brothers both being well one's five years older and one's 10 years older we were lucky enough that my grandma bought us a cricket net one Christmas and uh, we had it in the garden put some paving flags down and and a, and a mat and uh, yeah there was bumper barrages all the time between us three and I think that brought my cricket on so much and it was great and then went down to the club with my dad a lot did batting sessions nearly every night and bowled as much as I could and then got into the Yorkshire, Yorkshire setup at under 10. It's quite nice actually to be on with Tom O because me and him played together like for Yorkshire in the same year group and we've just followed kind of all the way through and there's not been anyone I don't think that's that's done that really like us so it's nice to be able to have shared that journey with Tom and then obviously playing in the first team with him but back onto that just played Yorkshire age groups through through the age groups, did pathways in winters and stuff like that and tried to improve my game. And then uh, it got to the point where started playing academy and second team cricket and then first team at the age of 15. So it was quite a quick rise really from 13 playing in the academy on a Saturday to then getting through to the first team, which um, was a bit surreal really. But I just tried to just enjoy the journey and tried to stay on the upward path from there absolutely and I think it's frightening to think in a, in a sense I think I started playing academy at 15 or 16 and, and by then you played first team cricket so I remember the game at Scarborough back in in 2013 obviously you're, only, you're, you're still a young lad now in in our eyes but back then you were a very young lad 
what was the feeling like to to make your debut at 15? Were you, did you feel under pressure? Did you just enjoy the opportunity? And, and what was, at that time, what was your goal in cricket, really? What did you want to achieve back then? Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think looking back now, like seven, eight years on, I don't think I had a clue what was happening. I just didn't, I didn't process what I was doing and how probably proud I should have been, like, at that time I think all the hard work that you do it just yeah it was just such a roller coaster I think Rich was playing in the second team around that time on the first team and we we had a week in Leicester where we played like a a one-day game and a three-day game and it was such a good week like we had such a good laugh like as a 15 year old going away with the boys playing cricket and stuff it's just an absolute uh, dream really and I did well that week and then I think Dizzy had said to Paul Fibrace who was the second team coach at the time like who's been the best bowler this week and I think that's how they kind of went about their work together and who's in the best form and Fabio was like well Fish got six for and a few wickets in this three-day game but he's only 15 and I think Dizzy was like now nah, we're gonna pick him so yeah I got the call get yourself Scarborough and did it and there wasn't much time to think about it really so yeah just enjoyed the occasion obviously the first time I played in front of a crowd as you all know we all love playing at Scarborough and that was the first taste I got of it and can't wait to get some more hopefully this summer. Absolutely and and you've been I think you've been around what eight seasons now this will be a ninth year so in some regards, you've, you've been around, you're part of the furniture now, but you've still not played a, a huge amount of cricket in that time because you've had a lot of highs and lows emotionally and physically. And you've been very unfortunate with a number of injuries and, and not recurring injuries, very different injuries at different times. Kind of, how do you look back over those years and, and what's it, I suppose, taught you and, and how's it changed you as a person uh, going forward into the next stage of your career? Yeah, I think obviously... I've definitely learned a lot more about going through them things. I think I could write anyone's rehab program that has a calf injury or a groin or whatever. But I do think, like you said, I think, and you know, I think I do try and do everything I physically can possible to be able to be in the right position to perform on the pitch. And sometimes people don't maybe see that and, yeah, made changes that such stuff as like yoga stretching diet everything like that I've tried everything and I continue to do that because I know that that's the best that's the best chance I've got of staying on the park and stuff and yeah it is a lot of the things are uncontrollable and you hear some people say oh fish is always injured this is always he's always on the sidelines and he plays one game and he's out he's injured again and it is hard I don't try to be injured I don't want to be injured and there's been some where I've been like young bowlers get stress fractures every young bowler gets it but I feel like because of the journey I was on at a young ta- at a young player you kind of had more there was more impact on that and people listened to that a lot more and stuff like that and then I had a uh, I dislocated my shoulder. I broke my thumb in the nets. And again, they're all like uncontrollables. And I feel like, but like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have changed me diving for that ball to not get the dislocated shoulder. Like I wanted to stop the forens and I did. So like the consequence of that, all right, wasn't great, but I wouldn't have changed my um, intensity of running for that ball and like not getting it. So that's the kind of, I want to be remembered that I play my cricket like that. So I'll do I'll do that for the rest of my career, no matter what happens. So. Absolutely. I think uh, it's no surprise if you see me fielding that I've not had a dislocated shoulder, but <laughs> <laughs> that's a different well, subject. But, uh... I think um, just on that subject, Fish, I mean, I think I've spoken about it before on the, on the podcast, but it's, it's important that you put it into context that 
a bowler of, of your pace, the pace that you're bowling at 15, there's, it's very, very rare for somebody's body to hold up to bowling that pace. You know, you've yeah. got to, you've had, you've had to allow your body to get strong enough to deal with bowling at a high pace. And, um, you know, people have got to understand that it's, it's such a, a rare thing of his natural pace. And if you're not strong enough to do it, like we've seen Pat Cummins, it, Pat Cummins burst on the scene for Australia at a young age. And he didn't play for about f- three or four or five years before his body got strong enough. And I think we're just coming to, the, to that cycle now with you. You know, you've gone through a period of getting yourself strong enough to deal with bowling at decent pace and for longer periods. So I think it's just important to, for people out there just to have a bit of context with it. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm just looking forward to, yeah, having a sustained period on the park. And I feel like because of my injuries, like I think my own way of looking at it, I always have positive, I I always get confidence from when I have come back. It hasn't taken me that long to get back into the first team and prove that I am good enough and stuff like that. So I do take confidence from that. And I'm hoping that anyone, anyone learns from a string of games and experience and stuff. And if you can get, a run of games for a season I feel like I can really improve and, and stuff like that and really make an impact to the team and hopefully um, win trophies because like you want to like Pato and you, yourself Rich and Gailey and the team that like did that stuff like you all contributed and stuff like that and I think for the younger players we have seen that and we really do want to recreate re- recreate them seasons because we know how big a club it is and we've got to keep trying to win trophies and I know more than anyone like the younger lads really do want to press press that hard and we've got a lot of like goals ahead that even like like stuff like you'll have remembered all being mates and stuff and winning as a team that's so good like I feel like me and Tomo coming from like under 10s to then winning a championship that would be a great story and like a lot of us have played academy cricket and won academy cricket together so it's just yeah. that next step that we want to achieve now yeah and I think you you're almost there like you say as Rich said I think you're getting to the next stage of your career now and I think in previous years you've played and you may be a third team or a fourth team and possibly have less expectation on you because you're a bit younger whereas I think if we just look back six months to last summer when you played you're in the team as a senior strike bowler in a sense because obviously Resid left the club we've lost Brooksy and Pudsey and Ryan and people over the years and you took the new ball and, and you were our go-to man and, and you repaired us in with dividends in your performances and I think going forward I guess that's got to be your goal really is to cement your places a bit like Cody has over the last few years as a as a senior strike bowler in that team definitely I think as you move up uh, a grade each time so like into the academy you start off as first change second change you got to earn your stripes to be an, an opening bowler and I feel like you do that again in the second team and again in the first team and I've always wanted to be an opening bowler, swing the ball, white ball and red. So um, I do feel like my skills are suited for opening the bowling. And that's what I want to do. Like the opening bowlers, like you want to set the tone each session that you? you usually get the ball uh, first time after lunch, first time after tea. And I feel like I'll, uh, I do want that responsibility to be able to shape the game as much as you can. Yeah, and it, no offence to you, Pato, but I feel as though, we're building a really good bowling unit for the next five years. I'm not saying that you're going to last five, not going to last five years, Pato, but, you know, the likes of Fish, Cody, Tomo, he had Young Leachy into that, you know, as all-rounders coming through as well, lots. It's exciting times and we're building a nice crop of seamers there. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to give you too much uh, credit, Steve, but he is kind of like the glue that holds the young lads <laughs> together at the minute. Yeah, There's but you'll, real, you'll realise. Yeah, is he paid you to say that? Don't, 
don't <laughs> give Pato comp- compliments on this podcast because it becomes a nightmare if you do. Oh, here oh, we go. Fair no, but I think Sorry you made a good point. That. I think yeah, you made you a do. good point, Rich. But like you say, we've got a good crop coming through and I think they're just getting to that stage now where they're ready to take it by the scruff of the neck and, and be the next kind of generation of players, I suppose. And I made no secret a couple of years ago when I, I signed an extension is that kind of, in a sense, not my best years are behind me, but my focus has shifted now to, I suppose, my own performance and my own success. And it's now about helping these young lads find their feet, really. And as I said, the ideal scenario for me is that I've got very little to do because these young lads take it on and grab it with both hands. And, and hopefully over the next couple of years before I retire, these boys are really progressing to be the senior players that perhaps we were five, six years ago. I think, like you say, we're very close to doing that. Yep, that's fine. Right, Tomo, coming on to you. Two very different journeys into first-team cricket. You know, Fish as, a, as an out-and-out seamer when he was 15. I think it's it's, dif- it's difficult for all-rounders to get in because, you know, all-rounders, you only probably have one spot available in the team. And we've had uh, Tim Bresnan on, you know, in, in, our, in our team for a number of years. So, a real difficult area to get in. So, last year was pretty much a breakthrough season for you. Um, you had an opportunity with Bres moving on to Warwickshire and he grasped that just... You know, give us a bit of your your thoughts on it of taking that opportunity and and what it, what you've you've gone through just to get there. Yeah, it's like you say, it's um, two totally different journeys. And like Fish obviously touched on it, and me and him played a lot together through the age groups. Uh, from a young age, played played club cricket at, at Guiseley, um, and then moving to Bradford League at Putney St Lawrence, and and in, in amongst that, I was playing Yorkshire schools, captain from under 12s onwards and uh, one thing that actually sticks out in my mind of me and Fish is that the under 14s we actually opened the batting together which we're probably never going to do again <laughs> but that day I think we yeah. knocked off we knocked off one summit didn't we I think I got 100 and you got yeah. 60 odd or whatever East Byerly was it yeah East Byerly um, yeah. that doesn't yeah. count it's like a pudge, busted yeah shot. well it's about 30 yards straight but, um, but yeah that sticks in my mind massively obviously me and Fish played a lot together and, and spent a lot of time together throughout the, the age groups and like you say Fish was it was thrust upon fish at thirteen cricket very early, and I had to I had to buy my time. Made my second team debut at, at sixteen, and like you say, Rich, the, the all rounders that we had in the squad at that time, yourself, Brez, um, Rhodesie, um, so I knew that it was going to take something kind of special at them at probably sixteen, seventeen, eighteen to even get a sniff. Um, but there was still a lot of things there that I, as an all rounder, I had to work on because I had a decent ability with bat and ball. But at that age, seventeen, eighteen, probably didn't have the ability to go out and score hundreds. I was probably known more as a as a hard hitting hard hitting all rounder who could go out and, and play a few shots and, and come off, but not not an all rounder who could go out and build innings and, and and score big runs. So there was that side of my game, and then bowling side was was a consistency thing. I think I got stuck in between some sometimes trying to bowl bowl too fast and and do different things, but I quickly realised working with Damsey and Juicy that to kind of work my way into that into the first team kind of frame, I'd have to sort my consistency with the ball out and and be able to make big runs. Um, especially in four-day cricket. So um, they were massive focuses in, in, in the second team. And I think I, I only scored my first second team 100 at 18 years old at Scarborough. Mm. Um, and then I scored another one the year after. I quickly realised that I actually had, had the ability to build it in and, and, and bat properly and yeah. not go out and just play shots. So that's developed over the last couple of years. But like you say, um, I had to buy my time. And, and that, that chance came in, in 2018 in a T20 at um, New Road, um, middle of the summer. I'd been been playing pretty well in T20 second team stuff. 
Um, and we, we got to New Road on the, the morning. It was like a two o'clock start. I think Gailey told me I was, I was in contention because uh, I think Dave was injured at the time or something like that. Something had happened with Dave. So it was between me and Showy. And um, Gailey came to me in the changing rooms before and said, Tom, are you going to play? So I found out probably about two hours before the start, hour and a half before the start. And bah, Pat, was, Pat was currently pointing at himself now, saying that it was all down to him. But sure. obviously, like, either way, I'm thankful for that opportunity. And like you say, I grabbed it with both hands. And I, I think that's the most important thing. The chances that I've got in, in each format, I've, I've kind of taken my chance. Um, and not really look back. There's, there's times where I've, I've not had bad, bad games, which is which is going to happen, but I've kind of taken my chances at the right time and going into that that two-month block last year, which was obviously a weird time for everybody, was in a way kind of a blessing in disguise. It was a, a two-month intense uh, schedule of, of cricket, a mixture of T20 stuff and, and four-day stuff. And um, to come out of the, the back of it with... Uh, a decent uh, 15 wickets or whatever in, in the in the five games and, and scored scored a few runs I couldn't really have asked for more so um, it, it went really well on my part Yeah I think it's a good point uh, Tom going back to that the start of that four days last year as you were as you were well aware that had Whitty had been fit that first game that he was going to play because uh, of the feedback we had and stuff and probably prior to that season you played two championship games you were probably seen more as a one-day player at that stage. When you got the nod to play at Durham, and let's be honest, you never looked back. You had a fantastic summer, probably our player of the summer in that format. Was it more trying to prove that you should have been playing in the first place? Was it a, I've got the opportunity, I've got nothing to lose? But And how does it feel now looking looking ahead to this year, knowing that obviously you've got the ability to play at that level because you've done it? I won't say I, I went out thinking that I need to show that I'm, I should have been playing from the start. I think we all know we've got now we've got a strong strong group of all rounders. There's going to be competition for places, and and Waity in past years has, has played better in red ball cricket than me, and there's no no doubts about that. So I knew from the start that Waity would start, but when when Waity went down, I, I kind of it, it was just about grasping that opportunity, and I knew exactly what my role would be with the team that we set out. We had me, yourself, Fish, Cody as our as our seamers, so we knew we had Cody and Fish up front who were who were going to run in and and blast a couple early out and, and me and you can and can sit in and, and build pressure so having a clear role was was very important to me apart from with a bat I walked in and, and kicked one of that third ball in front of, in front of all three but um, luckily from that I didn't let that affect me and, and going to knots there we, we were under pressure at times at knots and I just kind of it's hard to explain because I I went into that into that innings batting at knots where we were probably what 130 for 135 I think when I went in and um I just didn't look back. I know exactly how I can, can play. I just blanked everything out and luckily it came off and, and we, we won that game very well. So I wouldn't say I went in with a point to prove. I think I, I backed my ability from the, from the season before and I think I revisited what I'd learned throughout the second team. And it, it, like I say, I took my chances at the right time. I think a couple of things stand out for me, Tomo, is um, get you in a game, get a new game situation, you, you thrive. It's fair to say that you're an absolute shocking netter. Yeah, yeah you're not wrong. <laughs> Yeah, not but, uh, but you know, to to get to get yourself into that first team, you've scored heavy runs and taken a lot of wickets in second team cricket, yeah. and that's that's kind of old school, really. That's that's what we, you know, my and Pato's era, Gailey's era, had to do to get in the first team. We had to score heavy. We had to take a lot of wickets. Now opportunities get given to younger lads earlier than probably back then. So I think you've you've taken more of an old school route of you know scoring heavy, getting yourself in, in yeah. contention by performances. And I just wonder, with your development, you've played a lot of men's cricket and a lot of Bradford League cricket, which mm-hmm. you can see that you can see that you play it tough. You think that's had a, a big development in your game? 
yeah, I think it's, it's one biding my time in the second team has has kind of made me develop because it's made me realise that there's always there was definitely going to be a chance at some point. And if I if I was a kind of a couple of years where I sat off and didn't score runs and and didn't take any wickets, then I probably wouldn't have been in the position I'm in, position I'm in now. But knowing that I had, there was a spot to be taken in the next few years was was a, a massive kind of confidence boost for me. And like you say, going to Bradford League cricket, it was it was an early switch I made um, into Bradford League cricket about 14, I think, because my uh, my dad moved to Putty St Lawrence and um, took me with him. And to play first team cricket in Bradford League from kind of 14, 15 against ex pros was was quite big for me because I had a, I had a bit of stick from some people. Um, in particular, Gavin Hamilton. They obviously played played for England. Came in me roaring at fourteen, fifteen. Probably give him a bit of stick, and he was like, "Who's this little kid running in?" But get him on the next pod. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, it, it toughened me up straight away, and it was ne- I'd never I was never going to have it the easy way, and that's exactly how it planned out at Yorkshire. It was never going to be easy just to walk into the to the team and and cruise through it because it, it never really works like that. Um. And to to score runs and and get wickets like you say the old-fashioned way I think was was the only way in and it's it's worked off for me now and long may it continue yeah I think I think I uh, I think I might have played against your dad and, and your brother in Bradford League yeah, you probably will, yeah I think I remember your brother I think I got out and I remember your brother running about 30 yards and told me to stick my contract up my ass yeah probably did probably sent you off that was so. uh, yeah, Gail, that nice Gail, Gail, Gail always mentions my dad standing behind wickets and abusing him so it's, it probably oh. runs in the family doesn't it see, see where your terror chat comes from I was going to say yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a good point though in making Rich is uh, what you notice about a lot of players when when team selection goes on when players get left out Gail is quite open in saying to the lads look if you want to know where you stand if you've got any questions please ring me please ask me and nobody really ever does and, and I know that Thomas kind of been in touch with Gail a few times when we've we've made selection and he's not been involved and said, look, what do I need to do? And you can see there's been a hunger there, even when he's not been in contention to say, look, tell me what I need to do. I'm going to go and do it. And I think that kind of attitude, that desire has helped him when he has got the chance to grasp it with both hands, because you can tell that he wants it and he knows how to work out what it needs to do to be successful. Definitely. So let's move, moving on to next year. We've talked a lot about the past and your development and things like that. What, um, what are your aspirations for next year? You know, as a as a team, we want to go and win as many games as possible and see where that takes us. But you know, individually, where what's your aspirations? What do you want to get out of next year? I think, like Pato said, I think obviously Cody's kind of earned his um, opening opening the bowling spot, and I feel like I've got the ability to do that. And I feel like hopefully, if if fit at the start of the season, I'll. I'll start in that role and I just want to make sure that I make it my own really. I think we complement each other really well, me and Cody. I think he, he bowls just tight lines and lengths, obviously unbelievable skill. Um, and then I can swing it a bit more pace the other end and try And I think for um, opposition batsmen, that might be quite tough um, to face two kind of different bowlers, but different tests at each end and I've obviously read what you say Rich um, on on Yorkshire's uh, website quite a bit and uh, you've said that we could potentially hopefully be the best uh, partnership in the country and obviously we've got a long way to go to do that but um, I think that's definitely the goal for us too. We've been in these bubbles um, and Tomo was saying about his group we've had me, Cody, Waity and George Hill and we've had such a good time together like obviously we haven't been close to each other or anything but the chats that we've been having in our bowling group with you Rich and then even in the gym today we were chatting about how to bowl around the wicket to left-handers. I don't know whether you have that in your group, lads, or whether you're just talking about kids and how no, hard it is homeschooling. Yeah, um, from Pat, really. 
Oh, yeah. we've got Tom, haven't we? So he talks about Panini stickers and Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tom, but right. golf and our buddy is at golf as well, so that's not ideal. Yeah, but like, as a, I feel like in our, our group, we've just been like sponges, really, like trying to learn off each other. And I feel like, uh, yeah, our group's just got really close because of that. And we've been talking. Some of us have been trying to help Hilly as much as we can with his technique, like you have Rich, trying to reinforce him not to think about it too much. But obviously, it's just been just been great. And yeah, hopefully we can take that into the season and um, really become a partnership. You obviously see it with Anderson and Broad in, in the England setup. You can tell that they've bowled together so much. I actually feel like me and Cody have bowled together a lot, but just not in first team cricket. Like Academy second team, we used to open the bowling a lot. So we know what each other does. Yeah, and hopefully we can take that into first team level. So for me, it's just, I think the more I can just concentrate on my own game, Pato says it all the time. If I can concentrate on my own game, trying to put the ball in the right area consistently, um, as much as I can, game in, game out, wickets will come. And then hopefully team team achievements will come on the back of that as well. So try and think about it as simple as I can, rather than thinking about winning a trophy or whatever. Let's take each day as it comes and try and be the best version we can each day. And then hopefully at the end of the season, we'll be at Lords or whatever, wherever it is, for trying to compete for that Red Ball trophy. Spot on. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm harsh on you, Fish, aren't I? But I, I know mm. how good you and Cody could be. So yeah. I'll be disappointed tell- if it... If you don't if you don't become the best opening bowling partnership in the country, I'll be disappointed. Yeah, yeah you keep you keep um, making them cones that I have to bowl through about this big. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's good. It makes you try and think about your perfect ball and try and repeat that as much as you can. So, so it's good. Tomo. Yeah. Um, obviously, moving forward into next year, I think the first thing we've got to think of is is that we had actually had a full season for kind of eighteen months, two years now. Um, so moving forward, it's going to be a massive squad effort. Um, and, and personally, with it, with the all-rounder spot, whether it be one or two of us playing in a game, there's going to be myself, Dave, Waity, Fish, Bessie when he comes back. So with everybody being fit, which hopefully we, which hopefully happens, it's going to be a, a battle to to get the spot. But um, whoever, like I say, whoever plays, um, we're going to we're going to back each other up and and work through the season because we're definitely going to be called upon um, with the tight schedule we're going to have. And like I say, going going into a full season when we've only played two months last year. It's going to be um, it's going to be massive. It's going to be a tough work in, in all formats. But um, I, I strongly believe with the with the talent that we've got now coming through and like I say, said earlier, Fish and, Fish and Cody established themselves as our, as our strike bowlers and, and the younger lads coming through and proving themselves as well. We, we have a squad which can which can compete for, for trophies and last year we, we got done by by bonus points from a, from a Lord's final so we couldn't have really done much much uh, much more than we did last year we got done by the weather and, and not being able to bat, uh, get some more batting or bowling bonus points to, to get us the Lord's so it just shows how well we played last year and the T20 side of things I think we, we know we haven't formed in, as we as we can the last couple of years and I think that's a, a big part of our like a big part of the club philosophy is, is to to win a white ball, win a white ball trophy, and do well in that side of things. So I think moving into the summer, hopefully after having a decent red ball start, we'll move to the T Twenty stuff and, and start strongly and, and have a be in contention to do well in that. Nice. Right, lads, we're going to move on to the covers off quick fire questions. Just both of you will go fish answer first, Tom or second. Uh, just give us the first thing that comes into your head with these questions, okay? Earliest memory of cricket? Sheriff Unbridge, under nines. 
Uh, playing in the nets at Geisley. Geisley, posh boy. Cricketing hero. Andrew Flintoff. Oh, I Dale. thought you were going to say Jimmy Anderson. Oh, Dale Stain for me. Good one. First match you attended? Um, it was the... Which Ashes was it? It was at Headingley before the new standard. It was it was just before the new standard being put up, the green one, um, the pavilion. It was against the Aussies. We got bowled out for 100, basically. <laughs> really? Against the Aussies? England got bowled out for 100, yeah. Earliest memory of well, Headingley, it'll have been, I think it was England versus Pakistan in a test match. It must have been about 2004 or something like that. I think uh, our 12th man fielding in that game tomorrow. Oh, right, nice. I remember being at Gully to Saeed Amwa and he was slashing it through point. Right, laugh. Best game you've been involved in? Do you want me to go fish? I've got an answer. Yeah, you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, probably last year, not uh, on a personal level, on a team level. Uh, I think we we defended 180 in the last innings um, at Trent Bridge and we bowled them out for 80 or 90, one by 90 odd runs and on a personal level to, to get 90 odd bottled 100, but We'd, we won't talk about that. Um, and get a few wickets. Uh, it was a good week for, for all of us. Great game, that. Yeah, it was a good game. game. Fish, you found anything yet? Yeah, I'd probably say the, the Warwickshire game, Steve. You know this well. Oh, um, my God. I, I wondered when they took it. <laughs> Is it? Uh, yeah. Um, you paying I'd worked, to call again. No, I'd, I'd been injured, shock, and then came back and got five in the first inning sorry about talking about myself but then me and Steve um, put on a good partnership to was it to win the game is that what we saved us from relegation what was it that game yeah I think that was yeah that's oh, what we yeah. talking about yeah that one well, I'll, uh, I'll, just going... I'll, I'll tee you up Pato and you Pato just to give us your, you named your bat <laughs> after that didn't you what did you name your bat did one it's the, did it's the one, bat yeah. that kept it in did one yeah absolutely well done probably auction it off when I retire for about 12 quid Right then. Fish, which ground is at top of your bucket list to watch or play cricket? Lords. Lords. You never played at Lords? I haven't played there. I've got a dream, but I'm hoping, well, I'm kind of hoping that Yorkshire don't play there. And my dream is to hopefully play test, my first test at Lords, but it's just a dream. Yeah, You've got a dream. I like it. Uh, just stop the, hopefully Middlesex don't get promoted then. Yeah. So basically, if we play there at for Yorkshire, you don't want me to pick you. No, no, no. What is it? Where's yours, Tomo? St. Lawrence? Uh, no, definitely not. Cape Town, I reckon. New ones. Nice ground. Yeah, great ground. Is that Patty? You've played there, haven't you? Yeah, a couple of times. It didn't perform particularly well, but never did. Never story. Right, lads, if you was to go to um, Yorkshire, Lancashire, uh, would you rather sit in Western Terrace or the members area? Fisherman members Terrace. area with a black crew. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I get me at Western Terrace with a beer. Definitely. Um, somebody to bat for your life. Gary Balance. Why not? Teshwar Pajara. Oh, the average 13 for us, Tomo. Good choice. Yeah, maybe not in England. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay, three people, living or dead, to have dinner with. I, I reckon I can guess one of Fish's answers here. Three people. Marcelo Bielsa. Yeah. Yes. Knew it. If I could Dave have three, if, I, <laughs> <laughs> if I could have three of Bielsa, then I would choose that. But um, yeah. I'd say Bielsa. I'd say... Dave William Rich Pyro. No. Um, oh, Mich- cheers, Fish. No, sorry, Rich. Uh, Michelle Keegan. Oh. oh. Girlfriend sat next to you there, Fish. Nah, remember she's that up, she's upstairs. Yeah, um, she better listen back to this. I'll send her the recording when we're finished. <laughs> and um, nah, Jür- I'd I'd go Jurgen Klopp as well. 
Oh, yeah, that's, come on. Uh, yeah. An interesting three, that. I'm sure Michelle yeah. Keegan will enjoy that. <laughs> come on, Tomo, give us a uh, three. One of them's a bit out there. Gianni Alioski for the, oh, for, no. the for the oh, comedy <laughs> for the comedy value. Shocking, yeah. For the comedy value. I don't know who that is. That's uh, currently United player who was a bit out there. Yeah. I actually didn't know who he was, to be honest. Um Zara Larson, if you don't know her, she's a singer. Yeah, Swedish singer. Yeah. And last one would be Jared Warner. Definitely not. Jack Callis. Jack Callis. Mm. One of my heroes is Jack Callis. Uh good, good three that. Okay. Pick your best six aside cricket team that you've played with. Right. Does it have to be balanced or like just no, the best players? No, it doesn't, doesn't have to be balanced. Your best best team. It just has to be quick fire, that's all. Uh <laughs> Root Root Williamson, Bairstow, Rashid, Maharaj. Yeah. And balance. He was taking he took, two, uh, took three of mine already. Root Williamson, Bairstow. So it was six including myself, or did you did you Leave yourself out of it. No, I'm not Six. playing in that team. Right. I'll coach. Root, Williamson, Bairstow, Olivia, Ra- yeah, Rashid, and... Oh, I've missed one that I should have put in. Banker. I'm struggling now. Uh, Nicholas Perran. Good player. Nice. Yeah, very good player. Good. Okay, lads, we've got um, a few questions from Twitter before we wrap it up. This one's from Sevens Casino Nights. I think uh, Pato actually runs this account. He's <laughs> Bro- Brooks's best mate. He's a legend, my biggest He my absolutely only fan. loves Pato. And he, he's mentioning the uh, to Matthew Fisher about the um, the batting partnership at V Warwickshire. So it's a very famous Bring partnership, that. Bring it up again, shall we, Steve? So we'll move on from that one. Yeah. <laughs> this one's from Jack Leaning Fish. On a night out on the town or a night in with unlimited Robinson's cordial? It's just, I told him I said it's a waste of a question. He knows what the answer is. Black current. <laughs> yeah. Love a black current, don't you, Fish? Yeah. This is also from Jack Lane into Jordan Thompson. Is it true that you've never been to Ellen Road, even though you claim to be a huge Leeds United fan? Well, I can't take that from him because the only time that Jack goes to Sheffield United is when he's in pink cucumber sandwiches area, isn't it? In boxes yeah. and stuff like that. Gets a free ticket, turns up and watches for 90 minutes and goes up. Not in amongst crowd. Yeah, he doesn't pay, pay like we do, do we? No. Nah. Gets his free glass of Prosecco on arrival. Absolute rubbish. <laughs> Okay, this is for both of you. This is from Rob Zachary. What can a 41-year-old cricketer who has started playing two years ago and has two runs and one wickets to a name to do to get better? Go on, is that your alias, Rich? <laughs> is that an honest answer? Or... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh... Give up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, just Sorry, Rob. Yeah, put a bit more work in in the nets, I think. <laughs> Take up golf. Right, Fish, this is to you. This is from Ben Gill. Would you say your Fifer against Derbyshire was one of your greatest achievements? Yeah, definitely. But there's a there's a story behind this. Uh, we're good Go mates, me and, me and Gilly. And uh, we were on a night out once, probably when I was a lot younger, when I used to go out. And uh, he came back and he was staying at... We were staying at my mum's. I was living at my mum's then. And uh, he was having a, a bed for the night. And... Uh, he came in and he was hammered. And uh, the ball was like mounted on, like, do you know when you get your ball mounted and it said my figures and stuff? But it wasn't like stuck on, it was just like on. There he did, he got it off the thing. And like, he was pretending to do like an interview. Like after, I think there was a, I think it was like a Sky interview or something. And he was like, um, he was taking the mick really about getting a five for against Derbyshire. But we all know that a five for is a five for. And it was, 
um, Derbyshire beat us every year. So I'm taking that for, as as a good one. Definitely. Um, so yeah, he said, yeah, he just did that. And it's a bit, again, I'm rubbish at telling you stories. Basically. What, what, what is the story, Fish? <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. But anyway, he's a no, wheelie bin. He's a wheelie bin behind the behind the stumps, basically. He's our keeper for Sheffield Bridge, so right. yeah. He'll be Cheers glad that he's, he's he'll be that. glad that he's on the on the pod. It'll make his it'll make his week. Cheers, Gilly. Yeah, uh, sound like a brilliant lad. <laughs> he's, a, he's actually he's, funny, actually, he's actually a good lad he's that. actually funny but I'm not so I'm True. not painting it out to be a good story right Tomo this last one is for you uh, no name on this one but how does Tomo get his perfect eyebrows I can tell who that's from as well Richard Pyra definitely <laughs> I'm amazed every time you come to training and you've had your eyes about eyebrows plucked they're unbelievable like they're perfect Women the thing is you've got to realise is how bristly they are if I don't Put my eyebrows, they're going to be up towards my hair. I could probably grow it down towards my beard. They're that, they're that are they, big. Are they perfect though, Rich? Because, like, they look like, do you know when people like get them removed and then tattooed on? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a bit of an insult. No, they just, they look, they're very nah, they're, strong. They're not, you got to be, got to be, yeah, they are strong, but I've got to be careful not to have them too perfect. Otherwise, I look a bit like a girl that, nah, I have to pluck them. It, I, put myself through the pain of plucking my own eyebrows because otherwise I'll commit a mess. Um, how, yeah. how come you spend so long on your eyebrows and you don't worry about your lid? I'm going out of moment, Steve. Or his I, beard. I've got my... I have to wear a headband when I'm bowling. And that, to be fair, the headband's come from a bit of a good look charm for that, that season last year. I wore it for two months and now I've got to stick with it, Anna. So. Right, lads. Um, it's been a pleasure having you on again two gun young cricketers and you've you've both done really well up to now but I'm excited to see where you're going to go in the next few years so um, thanks for coming on sharing your stories and um, here's to a good year next year yeah thank you Rich yeah cheers for having us boys been a pleasure yeah, a pleasure chatting with you lads I'll see you tomorrow at training you've been listening to the Covers Off podcast from the Yorkshire County Cricket Club with me Steve Patterson and Rich Pyra in association with AMT Auto find the latest deals at amtauto.co.uk follow them on Twitter and Instagram at amtautouk and remember to subscribe to our podcast if you've missed any episodes you can catch them up by downloading them on Spotify and iTunes